Hooray for Hollywood. It's our favorite time of Monday nights, each and every Monday night when we're here. And Sean Michael Lyle is here. He joins us on The Voice of St. Louis. He's a man who is a veritable cornucopia of life experiences. He got his formal training in the radio industry in Hollywood, California. He was a member of the cast of General Hospital for a time. Yes, he's been on stage and screen. Ladies and gentlemen, Sean Michael Lyle. How are you? I'm doing fine. So you were telling me about a fiddle player. Oh, fiddle. Yeah, uh, Michael was mentioning something interesting when he was asking you about your your uh, uh, exploits on the piano. Yes. And uh, and you were touching on something that, that reminded me of uh, a guy named Doug Kershaw, the Cajun fiddler. The Cajun He's, How about fiddler. That? He's still around. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, Clifton Chenier, of course, is the most famous of the uh, the Cajun music uh People, but uh, next of to course. that is is Doug Kershaw. There he is. Is he Louisianan? Louisiana, absolutely. Oh. Yeah. Uh, well, that's what Cajun fiddlers do. Yeah. So it was interesting that he, uh, especially in country music, people knew him. But uh, I asked him because uh, I, I I had a, a wonderful sit down with him, and I asked you him. You got to sit down with a Cajun fiddler. Yeah. And I asked him. I said, oh. so how much practice at the time? You know, he's like eighty something now. But at the time, you know, okay. he was a nice looking guy, and I thought, well, you you probably you know chase the ladies a little bit there, and being a Cajun, you probably had a little party now and then. How much time did you spend practicing? Yeah. And how much did it affect your social life? And he said the most interesting thing. He says, I never practiced. What? He said, I always knew I could play. The Cajun really? fiddler yeah. never practiced. From the time as a child that he picked up the, the fiddle for the first time, he right. said, I always knew I could play. Wow. And I was thinking, you know, I've, talk about being jealous, right? Because I'm one of those who I tried to play, learn to play the guitar, and I tried to learn to play the piano. But, yeah, this guy that I talked to is like, I always knew I could play. Wow. I never practiced. I do think. And he was great. <clears throat> he was brilliant. I do think there is something to that. Though, uh, because you know, it doesn't. My both of my kids took piano lessons and it, it didn't go well. Yeah, uh, you know, and it's, it, some people it clicks and some people it doesn't. You sure, know? and it's that way with a lot of talents. Uh, you know, the there is a, a lady, and I didn't get to talk to her much uh, as far as uh, I, I didn't get to talk to her about her acting. But um, Patty Duke, when Patty she, Duke, when she was a child. You know, she could act as yeah. well, as a little girl. She could act as well as anybody ever has been yeah. able to act. She was brilliant. She's one of the people who actually listened to me when I was on the radio once upon a time because uh, her daughter and the family lived uh, not too far away from where Patty I... Patty Duke was a listener. Yeah, she was a listener. Um, and she went on to marry, of course, John Aston. Yes, she did. Mm -hmm. Who's that? John oh, Aston is the only member of the uh, the television show, The Adams Family, the original TV series. Yeah. He's the only one who's still alive. And he's got to be pushing 100, right? <laughs> well, he's. I think he's in his 90s, and yeah. I think he's still working. I think he works at a college somewhere in the Northeast. All the rest of them are gone, though. Even, yeah. even Wednesday's gone. Even Wednesday. Wednesday both both Wednesday. There were two different Wednesdays. And they're the both gone. And the second one huh. died, yeah. Wow. So, so all of them are gone. But yeah, I there used were... to have a meeting on the second Wednesday. What? How does a Cajun fiddler make his way to California? To oh well, he would tour. Yeah, you know that. Uh, you know that when you have uh, when you have uh, music that is well, it's sort of like red dirt music. You're familiar with Texas red dirt music. I oh. don't know. Anyway, in country music, there are all kinds of different ilks of country music. And when you're really good at it, um, you know, then people want to hear you all over the place. I mean, it's even ragtime's got a little Mitch fan base out there. You know? Well, yeah. I mean, you know, you go down to uh, <laughs> Sacramento. 
This is the home of the West Coast uh, Ragtime and Traditional Jazz Festival. I, I was thinking of Lawrence Welk Village, but uh, <laughs> because, uh, and her name just escaped. Joanne Castle. Joanne Castle, right. Very fine pianist. Well, and, and during the, the 1960s and 70s, you know, people knew Ragtime because of Joanne Castle. Yeah. No question. And it was interesting, too, because uh, she said that they, uh, that piano that she played, they would, they never peeled the paint off of it because it was painted, every show, it was painted differently. Yeah. And they kept painting it for years. Had to be heavy. Uh, You would think, yeah. Now, did she play, did she play with thumbtacks on the hammers? I can't remember. I don't know. Well, I have no idea. Because, you know, you could make it sound like old-timey. Like the old Shakey's Pizza Parlor they used to always have mm-hmm. a, a piano. And right. what they would do is they'd put little thumbtacks on all the hammers. So there'd be the thumbtacks. Oh, so, yeah, the ting, strike, ting, ting. Yeah, yeah instead of the strings. Right, yeah. I, I was about to say, because thumbtacks, it's better than thumbtacks on the keyboard, that's yeah, for sure. It is. <laughs> it is. Yeah, I, that, that I don't I Favorite don't musician about. you ever had the privilege of interviewing? Oh, boy. I've interviewed, it's a lot of them. I, yeah. There well, is we a, all know he's interviewed Garth Brooks. We do. Uh, Garth Brooks. Well, yeah, um, I've talked to him a few times. Garth. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, we yeah. talked about it on this show. We did. Unbelievable. <laughs> I can't believe you it. didn't know that. I can't remember. Maybe I was yeah. gone that week. And then uh, there are other people that have met Good guy, numerous Garth? times. Garth. Well, yeah, Garth is a very, uh, very normal guy, and yeah. he's he's the kind of guy that if you were to uh, to talk to him, he, he, there's no airs about him whatsoever. Uh-huh. Um, I give you an example that uh, he was, and this was a, a, one of the, the times I talked to him was over the telephone. So, you know, I've talked to him numerous times, but uh, on the telephone, he called up my radio station in the morning. You know, he would get up in the morning when he's promoting concert tours uh-huh. and not just within the city. We were, you know, this was a Phoenix show and we were in Northern Arizona. So he called all the country stations in Arizona Wow! and he called us and and he knew, you know, he remembered who I was and everything. So Garth Brooks. Yeah. So we actually talked for like like a half an hour on the air because you know what else? Yeah, is why there? are you going go to go to commercial if you're talking to Garth you're Brooks? Don't go to commercial. Ta- yeah. It's to like Garth us with Shawn Michael Lyle. Exactly. Well, one Forget the, about it. One of the nice things about Garth Brooks is because it, when he began, uh, I was uh, at a station that was playing brand new country music. Mm-hmm. Uh, I called it Hot New Country before anybody else did. Hey, and hey. and uh, it was a small little station in the San Francisco Bay Area, in the North Bay Area. And uh, because we're a little radio station, I had to do something special. So I played all current country music, nice. just the hottest stuff. Yeah. And so when he came out with a new record, I thought it was great. So I played it, and I was what was called a reporting station to the to the radio trades. And 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 I talked to. I think that was the first time I have well, first time anybody talked to him. And he was very appreciative of that. And he remembered there was about a handful of people uh, who were the first in radio to play. And he always remembered. So- those Con- people. Country music stations in California, I don't know, maybe this is me just being kind of silly, but I wouldn't think country music would be huge out there. Does There are does more cowboys huge... in California than anywhere else. Really? By a long shot. Wow. Yeah, I mean, California... The California they're, Cowboys, uh, they're famous. <laughs> they, well, not not a sports team, no. if you're thinking. No, no, no. But there are a lot of Cowboys out there. But yeah, there are. Yeah. There's uh, farmers. Uh, most of California is farm country. Right. A lot of ranchers. Uh, a lot of ranchers. Um, as a matter of fact, I worked for uh, Buck Owens Productions uh, when I was doing uh, I was doing news, but it for, was KUZZ. They don't call it Cuz 
KUZZ, which has the Crystal Palace, which is the big country nightclub, which was right across the parking lot from the radio station. And, I mean, that's where Garth Brooks and uh, Trish proposed to Trish Yearwood. Yeah, that's where they proposed. What makes a guy who's been over on the West Coast, Mm -hmm. you spent all the time that you did, and you had your experiences in Hollywood Hollywood. in Northern California. Yeah. Then you made your way to the desert. It sounds like you spent some time there. What made you say, I'm going to go to St. Louis, the middle um, of the country, 1,200 miles away from an ocean? Well, I applied. Th- this company that we work for yeah. is nationwide, coast to coast. Right. Okay. So when you apply for a particular company, you don't necessarily know where they're going to, uh, to uh, you know, where you're going to hear back from. So you're a student of radio. Yes. Um, you obviously then knew of oh, KMOX yeah. And, yeah, and what it meant and how it had invented talk radio. Yes. And, and in fact, at that time, I was in a KSL in Salt Lake City and uh, uh, really our top reporter at the time, she, you know, this was the station she grew up with. So, oh, wow. you know, this was, she was like, oh, my gosh, KMOX. Everybody, everybody knows KMOX in radio. Yeah, I was All listening to a Howard Stern podcast the other day. And Howard Stern, you know, he spent most of his time in New York. Right. New York and Washington, yeah, D.C. and yeah. Washington, D.C. Right. and sometime in Detroit. But he speaks with great reverence about KMOX. Huh. And what it ultimately meant to the genre that that he wound up becoming a master at, from my perspective. Yeah, well, I mean, I was talking with somebody the other day, and and uh, about that, and and well, like Rush Limbaugh, for example. Right. You know, that was the only syndicated during the day, anyway, the right. only syndicated program we ever had. It was only because Rush insisted on it, and uh, <laughs> they were saying, "Oh yeah, really?" And I said, "Yeah, Rush is just." I, I said, "Rush is just buried up the street from me." Yeah, which is crazy that he's buried in St. Louis. Well, he never he, spent any time here. Well, but he had a great affinity for St. Louis and, and, and KMOX. KMOX in this is why he was in radio. Yeah, it was yeah. because he grew up listening to KMOX, and that's what he wanted to do. And there's also the interesting thing that. Uh, you know, the, the uh, cemetery, Bell Fountain Cemetery that he's in is where the great, famous, and, you know, historic uh, Missourians are buried. Yes, and, and, right. And he considers himself to be one Well, of he those. definitely was that. I mean, I got mad respect for him. I didn't much care for his program. But having done this like we have done, to sit there for three hours by yourself, he had no guests. He, right. would, he would just sit and talk. For three hours straight. Try that. Go do it for five minutes in your bathroom, people who think this is easy. It's not an easy thing to do just to talk into a void no, space. The only, he would do it for three hours. There are people downtown who do that, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> and I buy them on the way to a schnooks uh, when I go shopping. But, uh, you know, but no, it, it, and it, it, that's true. And the thing that I always point out when people, you know, all oh, Rush Limbaugh, that, you know, I spent a lot of my career in smaller markets. Mm. And I got to tell you that when I was, you know, I was the DJ on the FM station, all the girls called up and playing yeah. all the great pop right. songs or rock songs and I had that AM radio station uh, with Rush Limbaugh on it that when it came time to have to replace my transmitter tubes and I had to pay you know dish out that write that check for the transmitter tubes you know I wasn't with some big huge company uh, with a huge budget I had to you know I had to write a check for transmitter tubes and the reason I could do that is because of Rush Limbaugh mm. because well, that the uh, the local sponsors always 
sold out Rush Limbaugh. It's true. What? All the time. What are transmitter tubes? Uh, educate those of well, us yeah, who are uh, uh, yeah, yeah, talking hey, through one K, right now. K1-8345 or whatever it's called out there in uh, Illinois is where our transmitter is, and you got the tube in there. Well, what's yeah. the tube, well, yeah, do? you got to have the tube well, for the Sean transmitter the radio, the radio frequency tube oh, is yeah. what you have is you've got the energy that comes in one side, and it mm-hmm. jumps across to the other side, then goes out to the transmitter and irradiates as RF, radio frequency, over the, the horizon. And the tube is the little thing that has a little a little um uh, a little grid in the middle. And so when There's it goes a grid from, in the tube. When, it, when it goes from from the one side to the other side and it jumps across that, we are modulating that grid. And so as we modulate it, then when it jumps to the other side, the the frequency modulates. Well, uh, the frequency modulation, well, of, course, of course, is with FM. The, well, with the Rush Limbaugh, the, it, of course, it was the frequency amplitude. Frequency modulation is, uh, is horizontal. Horizontal, right. And amplitude modulation, is AM, up and, is up and down. Is, is vertical. Right. Huh. Yeah. In fact, the, how tall the uh, the tower is is the, the size of the wavelength. Which is why when and, you've got a low cloud cover... And so the, the KMOX signal carries. Oh yeah, even and further. so the technology of the tubes—it hasn't changed much. And well, and it's all solid state now. What's that mean? A solid state. Well, that just means it's small trans. Uh, what used to be a transmitter that would take up uh, the, that wall over there now takes up the size of the computer. Huh. Yeah, but yeah, they, but you know, it was know it was a thousand, it was a thousand, it was about eleven, twelve hundred dollars. He's, he's like, Folks, this is this is this is free. What you're getting here, I hope you're appreciating that. Well, and I was the guy amazing. who had to, you know, who had to buy them, he and then I the had tubes. then I had to put them in. He put the tubes in the you, transmitter. Wait a minute, unbelievable! I, so you would purchase them, and then you would install them. I would them? install them. Bought yeah. and paid for the yeah. transmitter. Tube. And it was really funny because from Econco, that's the company that you'd buy the tubes yeah. because you always buy you refurbished. Screw them in. Well, you, you drop them in and yeah. you turn them to get the contacts oh, they, in. they pivot in Yeah, place. and like the FM ones, you know, you'd have to put in what was called a uh, capac- uh, a resistor, which was nothing more than a fancy piece of paper. <laughs> wow. But anyway, you put those in. It was really funny because when you get them from a Conco, I remember one tube that kind of had a little dent in the bottom, a specific dent. So I sent it in to be refurbished. And about uh, six, eight months later, I bought a, a, a refurbished one, got it back, and it was exactly the tube that I sent back. <laughs> wow. <laughs> they refurbished it, and they charged me $1,200 the man for it. $1,200 for a yeah, tube. For a wow. Tube. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, if you ever need a good tube, well, you know where to go. I wouldn't know anymore because no. it's all solid state. When solid state. when radio went digital, uh, everything went digital is when I stopped being an engineer. There he is. He's done it all, folks. Engineering, broadcasting, DJ, talk show. Acting, unbelievable. Sean Michael Lyle, yep. our man from Hollywood, has joined us yet again here on The Voice of St. Louis. Thanks, Thank you, Sean. Sean. KMOX, we'll be right back. So, uh, during the um, commercials there, we were listening to Debbie Mamare. It's, Debbie... it's a good thing you've got me. Yeah. And you, so, th- those of you who are regular listeners of Hancock and Kelly know that Hancock rarely is right, but he's never in doubt. That's right. He just kind of just, uh, oh, well, well, Kelly, or blah, blah, blah. And I always hear the word pergola. It's a pergola. And don't know what it means. And so he did I, not, I'll tell the you man what. I did not know what a pergola was. I thought was, a pergola was like, you, you know, me. was like linoleum. It no, was like some synthetic linoleum. thing. No. 
And you went on to tell me, no, it's like a thing that's got slats on the roof and blah, blah, blah. It's a shade provider out there, and you put, a lot of people put them in their gardens or on their patios. Well, why would you have pergola. it on your patio? Because it's not it's not stopping the rain. I mean. Well, if it's raining, you're not going to be out on the patio anyway. Whether well, you, you could if you had a roof. Well, you can, you can have a roof. Then you could still be outside. You can have a roof, but, but then you got, you know, you can't see the sky up there. So you got the pergola, you got a little shade block, you can see the sky up above your head. Uh, it extends uh, your living space. It increases the, uh, the amount of time you can spend outside. A pergola does because... Uh, well, you would probably need a pergola everywhere you went because yeah. your, your your skin is exposed on the roof of your head. Some people even put a screen on the on the per, uh, you know, like a, a... A screen across the top of the pergola. Not a screen, but, a, you know, a, like a... A lattice? Well, no, it'd be like a shade, you know. Like a shade. Like a solid shade. Well, then that that's no longer a pergola. Well, that would be a, a roof. It's a retractable pergola. A retractable, yeah. a, a retractable. Yeah, the, the pergola. shades of retract. It's not a retractable awning, which some people have, which is a roof covering. Do you have a pergola at your house? I do not have a pergola, but we've we've discussed it. Have you? We have. But Georgiana would have to build it, right? <laughs> well, she could. So, uh, but now that I know what it is, there's a pergola. I've, pergolas can be pretty. They can have flowers that grow exactly. through them. Exactly. But exactly. they still don't serve the purpose of stopping the rain. Well, it, which it's is not why, why? Why do I want something over the top of my head? That my doesn't skillet serve doesn't a stop the rain either, but it serves its purpose whenever I want to fry something. It, it, the pergola is not designed to stop the rain. I guess. it's uh, you, If you want to stop the rain, you put a roof up. Yeah. Uh, not a pergola. Did I tell you what happened to me the other night driving home? It's hard to say. So I'm driving home, coming From eastbound here? on, uh, no, uh, I was out west somewhere. So I'm, oh, I'm coming uh, eastbound on Highway 40. Yeah. I was getting off at King's Highway. Oh, the King's Highway. So a I very, live very not, busy exit there. Yeah, I live not far from uh, Barnes Jewish there, oh, uh, yeah. the, the oh, hospital. Uh-huh. And there was some type of court case that that took place here in Missouri that says that people can uh, panhandle on street corners and on intersections. Ridiculous. And that it's legal. Mm. I don't know that I have much of a problem with it, but if you're familiar with the interchange of 40 and Kings Highway. there's always, they're on all four corners. They are. And there are some folks who sit in the middle of the median. Uh, so on Kings Highway itself, they're out there in the med- middle right, of the median yeah. between the north and south traveling cars. Right, right. So I'm coming off of the highway, um, and I'm making that left-hand turn to travel north on Kings Highway. Mm-hmm. And one of the people who's out there panhandling, I guess is the word, uh, steps off of the median and takes like two or three steps. I don't know if he tripped or maybe he was just a little disoriented, uh-huh. and he, he kind of fell back into traffic. I almost hit the man. Whoa. And, I mean, uh, within inches. I mean, I was able to bring the car to a stop, and it just got me to wondering, why are we allowing these folks to be in the medians? Like, I get it on the side of the road, maybe. Well, if you're in the median, there's no cars stopping. They're all moving, right? Well, well, so- yeah, but that's where the cars that are traveling north and south, which would have been at a stop right then, uh-huh. Uh, because those of us from the highway were entering. Uh-huh. But, I mean, that that's just too dangerous for those folks to be out there because, I mean, I this I would have hit this man, and I, I would have been guilty for hitting them, but it wasn't it would not have been intentional because the person staggered out into the well, middle of the road. you don't expect to and, see somebody staggering out in front of your car when you're trying no. to drive. No, and, you know, I are you recognizing that this seems to be happening at more and more interchanges yeah, and, and across think, St. Yes, Louis? Yes, and, and uh, it's not good. No. And you don't know what these people are doing, uh, what you know, 
And now I've, I've seen whole families out there where they, they bring little right. kids, you know, and I, it's a racket. I mean, I. Well, the, it's the same group of folks yes. at Kings Highway and Highway 40. Yeah. I mean, I, I can. I've given them my own names because I I know them. I uh-huh. mean, they're they're there every day. I've lived in the West End for five years. It's the same five people. The same five people. Wow, and I bet they do pretty well. I you know I I quit giving money. I'm I'm a bleeding heart. I mean, I yeah. will give away whatever yeah. I've got. That's true. But I've quit doing it because I I'm, I'm seeing that this is not correcting the issue. Right. This is this is funding something else that's well, going on because it's the same living. five people. They're, they're just they're making a living out there. I mean, it, uh, you know, if you can figure out a way to do nothing and have people give you money, uh, then I guess more power to you. I don't like it. I don't like the uh, the you know the panhandling experience. Well, I don't. You know, and some some of them get bold. Will come right up to your window and uh, even tap that on needs your window. To be illegal. Yeah, you know that's that's trespass. You know, as far as I'm concerned, you know, knocking on your car window. I've heard of people that have had that experience, and that's never happened to me. No, but I mean, I, uh, well, but I have such a friendly face. You think where you and I went to play snooker be, tonight uh, yeah. out in West County? There, there's folks sitting there at the, the Olive and Two Seventy interchange. Yeah, uh, not not when we were leaving, oh, but when I when, you when I arrived. Um, there were folks there at the Olive and Tip. In fact, it was a family uh, that was there, and right. I, I wound up bucking up. But, um, yeah, sometimes you don't have money. You know, so sometimes in this society you're not carrying cash, and these people are, you know, sitting there looking at you, and you're just feeling so bad, and you're like, man, I feel like less of a human being because I'm not helping here. So we played um, we played left right center uh, the other night over at my daughter and son in law's house. Is that right? We did. Great game, isn't it? Yeah. So you got. So I got this wad of one dollar bills. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And, uh huh. Uh huh. And oh, you won. I, I did. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> and uh, so you don't like to talk. Yeah, I know. A game of luck. <laughs> it's simply a game of luck. Oh no, no, no. What skill no. is there in rolling the dice, John? You roll the dice. I mean, it's you got to you know. There's an art to it. No. Okay. Uh, so, so you ever you play won- Yahtzee? Uh, I've played Yahtzee. Well, yes. I've played left, right, center. I'm a very good Yahtzee player. And so, you know, well, what'd you like win? What'd you take home? Ten, fifteen dollars? Uh, like eighteen dollars. Eighteen dollars. That's not bad. That's not bad. See, now with my family, when we do our, there's thirty, forty of us oh my. who all show up with three bucks, wow. and we play tournament style. Yeah. And you make it to the final table, Ooh. and then the final table, everybody, you know, you're playing for all the money. So yeah, yeah. some of these kids walk away with a hundred bucks. Nice. I've never won it. Wow. And if I wanted, I'd have to give it to all my nieces and nephews right. anyway, so I'm glad I don't want it. Well, because, there you go. Well, who, I don't need it. Michael Kelly's handing out money, ladies and gentlemen. If you, uh, <laughs> don't be at Kings Highway and Highway 40. He'll be, he'll be seeing you out there later this evening. Well, we need to step aside. We are now officially one, two, three, four, five, six. I'll be two here. Three-fourths of the way through the program here on The Voice of St. Louis. It's Hancock and Kelly late night on Monday on KMOX. I'm Michael Kelly. Yeah. And you're, yeah I'm not. Uh, you're, you're John Hancock. I am John Hancock, and we're not on the Cardinals. No, we are not. But we are the voice of the Cardinals right here at KMOX, and won't it be great to hear them back on the uh, airwaves here at KMOX? John Rooney, Ricky Horton, bringing you the action, the play-by-play. The first game, I think, is Saturday, a preseason game. That'll be interesting. And, uh, you know, the thing about preseason games, once you get, especially this early, you know, by the time you're in the fourth inning, it's people you've never heard of before in your life, for right. the most part. But uh, but it'll be great. And Everybody you, gets their first at bat. And are then you they usually down? Say, no. What do you think? I got your lifestyle, brother? <laughs> I have to work for a living, uh-huh. huh? Yeah. You know? Yeah. Uh-huh. 
So it was my turn to buy dinner tonight, Ethan, and so I made my way uh, after we, we – by the way, I, did we get a chance to talk about how, how well we did at snooker today? I yeah, think you I, won four games out of eight. Yeah, yeah but, I, I, but I, I think I tied you, which is, you, you know, is, 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 is a small victory for mm, me. Yeah. Regular very, listeners of the Hancock small. and Kelly show are at home. Very aggravated. Cheering right now. So I said, hey, why don't I uh, get dinner this evening? And, and John says, oh, that'd be a great idea. <laughs> yes. So I got on the app, and I went to the Chick-fil-A, and I ordered up some sandwiches right there from the uh, yes. from the parking lot. Yum, where we yum, were, the yes. Chick-fil-A sandwiches. John, when I pulled up, I thought, oh, man, I'm, I'm never going to make it, it in to, time. There o'clock. were 35, 40 cars in line. It is amazing. The, the, Buddy, the, I was there all of two minutes. Boom. You know, they'd already had my I went in the line. The yeah. line just keeps moving. These Chick-fil-A people should be in charge of, like, Moving airplanes around the country. Yeah, we'll and, put them uh, over at the NGA, the National Geospatial yes. Intelligence Agency. Well, that, that's some brilliant stuff, isn't it? Is. It? it is. Well, and it's all so in their in their high volume. And you weren't there at a high volume time. But well, there you, were a lot of people there. Yeah, there's always a lot of people. But at the high volume, like lunchtime, uh-huh. uh, they actually send the kids out and they take your order while you're still in line. Yeah. And and then they charge you radio and do the whole thing and, and then you yeah, get it and you, go. It's 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 incredible. What do you yeah. think it is that makes it so sufficient? That makes it move so well, they, they had to have studied it and and figured it out because the the place that I stopped was at the Brentwood Chick-fil-A. Now, if you're familiar with that, that's in that whole nightmare of a complex. No, that uh, is a, the world's worst. The which parking. is where the yeah. Target's yeah, at. Yeah, There's yeah, a Deerberg's there. There's Can't no park parking, there. yeah. blah, blah, blah. It's, it's, a, it's in a janky little spot. you got to go back into this little corner. It's impossible to get into. But they they have, they have had to have put a lot of, like, serious engineering Henry time Ford, and thought. It, it's uh, the assembly line. You know? Yeah. Henry Ford uh, and the guy that owns Chick-fil-A, whoever he is, uh-huh. great American. We love him. Uh, the food's good, and uh, but they've they've got it down to a science the way they they really they do. That, that. Now they're benefited from the fact that their menu is not that expansive. You know, I and, hadn't thought about that, and so that you know makes it relatively easier to kind of churn and burn, like which tells that. you how good the food is too. Food's very good. You don't yeah. need to expand. But that's exactly right. And you know, if you go to some of these places and you get the you know they got the rib sandwich and they got the beef and they got the whatever yeah. you know and uh-huh. all kinds of stuff. But uh, White Castle seems to take a long time, and they only have two things. Yeah, the White Castle, the worst what? for for timeliness uh-huh. was Steak and Shake. Real? Well, yeah. I mean, you get in the drive-through line at Steak and Shake, you could be and, there half hour. Uh, yeah, yeah. Now it was great for radio, right? You know, because people got the radio on while they're sitting right. in line at Steak and Shake. But uh, are there any Steak and Shakes still open? Not, around? not around me. Yeah, it's not around me. In St. Charles, there's one in St. Charles. Yeah, Pick yeah. uh, yeah. Homasac. I will say. The best fast food ever. I think Steak I would have. Well, no. Mm-mm. Have you ever had this one in California called In and Out Burger? Yeah. I think it may be better than Steak yeah, and Shake. Yeah, I mean, you know, yeah, it's yeah. fine. I've had it once, so it didn't, yeah. you know. It Steak didn't. and Shake is fabulous. There's nothing like a steak. It's the way they the burger gets pressed down and it gets crispy on the edges. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It can't be good for you, right? Like, it's just got to be nothing but grease. No, it's very healthy. You're very healthy. I like to get the bacon double cheeseburger with pickled lettuce, mustard, and onion. Uh, See, I'm a. I like the regular uh, steak and shake with one? pickles, onions, and mustard. Huh? No lettuce, huh? You're not a lettuce guy. No, not really. Lettuce is great. I think it's just kind of wasted 
on the what what there's no taste to lettuce. It, well, it's all about the texture and what what the lettuce piece of lettuce. But sometimes does. lettuce can be wet and wilty. Well, wilt, you don't put, don't put wilty lettuce on your hamburger. Well, the, I don't. But, I but don't. Lettuce, cook my own lettuce hamburger. in its pristine form, crunchy right, right out of the ground. You got a crunch there. Mm-hmm. Kind of it kind of serves as a little uh, like a little bassinet to to hold all your other. That's that's a good put. point. And uh, now. Yeah, have you ever had the uh, what you, the lettuce wraps out at uh, P.F. Chang's? Yes, I have. Uh, now they're crunchy. That's crunchy. Now that's lettuce. a great use of lettuce. That's you a good lettuce. Yes. Now, what aggravates me is I'm a pickle guy. I love pickles. Pickles have got to be good. Yeah. But people mess up pickles. You know, how, there's how a, such a thing because they have a, such a thing as a sweet pickle. Oh, sweet pickle is nasty. Yeah, it is. Uh, yeah, it is absolutely yes. nasty. Yes. Yeah, what do they call it? Bread and, you know, and butter pickles. Right, and you'll go right, and you'll yeah. go to a place where they've got like a cheese and meats and yeah, yeah. olives and, and pickles. There's a pickle like, sitting there. And you, you grab a pickle, pickle, and then all of a sudden you put it in your and mouth, and you're like, oh, you're spitting the pickle. What did they do to this pickle? Uh, they ruined pickles. They with ruined that stuff. it. It is terrible. And then they got yeah. the little things, uh, the little uh, I don't know what that stuff is floating around in there. Uh, but in the sweet pickles, they got yeah, little like little seeds. Seeds of stuff. stuff. Yeah. yeah, that's nasty. It is nasty. I don't uh, like them. And I, are you the, like are you the, the same with uh, do you like iced tea? I do. I do too, but I hate sweet iced tea. Well, now I so I don't drink sweet tea anymore. Yeah. But my mother, she made the best sweet tea. Really? Oh man, buddy. Oh, that's nasty. Oh, no, no. You you would But I mean, when I tell you how she made it? Well, she put a quarter of yes. of sugar I in mean, it. Like, yeah. like I'm Pile so high, then, like a pitching Then mound. it's just sugar water. Uh, yeah. See, because tea, I like the taste of tea. But when they put all that sugar in it, oh, it's nasty. You got to make sure that if you I'm gonna, got If enough. I want all that sugar, I'm going to drink soda or lemonade or something. Yeah. Go ahead. I'm sorry. What were you well, you, you, you want to make sure you got enough tea in the tea. Because if you're low tea... You're not gonna have right. the, you're not gonna have the same drinking experience no. as if you got enough tea in there. Well, we have a lot of doctors around town who can help you with low tea. Well, that's what they say. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but you just leave the bag in a little longer, and you'll be fine. That's what. I, well, thank you. But mm-hmm. I, I th- if we were to be elected czar of America, we would do away with sweet pickles. Sweet pickles will be gone. Yeah, there tomorrow. would no, be no such thing as a sweet pickle. Uh, and, and the people that like them, I have serious questions about them. If you it, want to know the truth. It could it could be the the nastiest now, the, food the that was ever pickle. invented. The dill pickle. It's awesome. It, 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 There's nothing better. Dill Pickles Rag, written uh, by Charles Johnson in 1906, was one of the most popular songs in the country. In really? Yes, the dill, dill Pickles Rag. He was the inventor of the three over four rhythm. Now, who do you think? What, what do you? Who do you think came up with the idea? We're growing these little vegetables, mm-hmm. and I have an idea. What we'll mm-hmm. do is we'll throw them in vinegar. And yeah. then and then it'll taste good. Yeah, it'll we'll pickle. That that person they, they was that person pickle. was a genius. Yeah, the actual pickle was a cucumber, of course. Right. Uh, and then you throw it in the pickle juice, and it's all of a sudden a pickle. I know. And it, which but, is which is quite ironic, isn't it? What makes the pickle juice if it's if it's a cucumber originally? Well, it's like a it's like well, a it's, just it's a like a it's like a centipede. That's just, that's just what it is. It's yeah. like a, it's, it's, it's like the vinegar and it's salt. Like a, it's like the little all caterpillar. Makes a pickle, it's like right? a little caterpillar, and you put it in the vinegar, and out comes a butterfly. You got to throw salt in there too. Hey, do you ever take your um, onions and chop them up and uh, throw them in vinegar and no. uh, pickle your onions? No, no, no. Oh, it's onions. it's it's delicious. Oh, that's disgusting. No, it's and great. I, and the thing about the the onion, yeah. never put an onion in a blender. Who would put an onion in a blender? It's been known to happen. Why would you put an onion in a blender? If you're like putting it on well, your you, hot dog, so you're having bl- hot dogs. No, you so wouldn't you, blend a. 
I'm an telling, onion. I agree. I'm not disagreeing with you. I'm, people there, do that? There are people that, for the sake of convenience, will put an onion into a blender and use that to address their hot dog. That just means onion paste. Yeah. That's it, nasty. It is, and you lose all of the flavor out because of it. Because the, 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 part onion, of a, the crunchy part of an onion is the best part, the, too. The, the onion is the perfect food. No, it isn't. It's, I mean, an onion Pickle. enhances everything. Yeah. It touches. It's, it's you incredible. ought to try a pickled onion. I think you'd like I'm it. I'm not going to try a pickled onion. I'll have a pickle, and I'll have an onion, but I'm not going to have a pickled onion. Really? No. Hmm. I don't want a pickled onion. That's Hancock. I'm Kelly. We'll be back. One more segment. Hmm. Did you play uh, sports when you were in grade school? You know, I uh, I don't like to talk, but uh, I was quite the athlete back in the day. What sports did you play besides well, what? Well, more accurate be what sports didn't I play? Oh, really? As well, did I you run a... track? No. Did you play golf? Uh, no. Did you play tennis? Yes. Oh, you played tennis? Yes. You were on the tennis team? No, I wasn't on the tennis team. Oh, but I okay. Played, I took lessons. Well, what what sports did you play then? Oh, it's a lot of baseball. Yeah, a lot right. of basketball. What position? In which? A uh, baseball. First base. Is that right? I Me was, too. Like, it, really? Yeah. My nickname was the Scoop. Yeah. That's what they called Everybody me. Everybody was the Scooper. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. You could <laughs> dig that ball out. Couldn't I don't. You? you know, I don't like to talk. But uh, I, I was quite. My problem with baseball was I was not much of a hitter. Really? Yeah. yeah well, I was afraid of getting hit by the me ball. Me too. Especially with those kids. I, I me mean, too. They, now, you know, they have a machine that pitches. Oh, that's ridiculous. Yeah, but but then the kids aren't getting hit, so they'll actually stay in the box and, you know, because I, I probably three out of four times you go to the bat, I'd get hit by the ball three times. Well, my coach used to root for me to get hit. <laughs> uh, He'd tell you to lean into yeah, it? Yeah, you know, I'd, I'd get the take sign, you know, which means <laughs> whatever you do, Hancock, do not swing that bat. And he would just sit over there and pray that the guy would walk me or hit me. And then, then I'm on base, and then... Wasn't the fastest player on the yeah. team, and I would clog up the bases a lot of times. So he'd always give me the steal sign, so he'd get me off the bases. <laughs> did, did you make the transition to high school sport uh, or no, no basketball? Uh, ba- oh, you played the basketball in high school, huh? <laughs> of course, I don't like to talk, but yeah. uh, the first design play of many games was uh, work the ball around and get it to Hancock in the corner for a three. Really? Yeah, they had the three point line back then. Uh, yeah, maybe. Yeah, it's uh, a long time ago. Yeah, but, you had the nice. Did you have a follow through? Oh yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, good for you. I led the team in free throw shooting percentage in the ninth grade. What about twelve percent? Seventy-eight percent. Wow. Ninth Th- grade. That's impressive. Thank you. So I went this past uh, weekend with a friend of mine. Yeah. Uh, she took me over she, to a place she called took you over Wren Lake she College. She took him to Wren Lake College. And her nephew was playing in a basketball game. All right. Her nephew. Okay. And in eighth grade. In eighth grade. How old are you in eighth grade? You got to be like 13, 14. Okay. What do you think? Do you think there's, uh, what do you think the average size of an eighth grader was? Because I. Five foot boys? Yeah. Five foot six, seven? Yeah. This kid's six foot five. What? In In the eighth eighth grade? grade? And he wasn't the only six foot five kid on the court. No. There were two others. No. That were in eighth grade. And, John, when I tell you, I walked into this gymnasium, and it was their regional finals. They called it state, but it was clearly just all the Southern Illinois yeah, eighth-grade teams eighth grade, that were eighth playing. Grade teams. There were 1,000 people in this gym. What? 1,000 people in this gym. For eighth-grade basketball? Standing room only. Eighth-grade basketballs were kids that were six foot five. Yeah. <laughs> Did you have to buy a ticket to the, go to the, this game? Uh, no, you had to pay 10 bucks. Uh-huh. 
I had to pay 10 bucks to get in. It wasn't a ticket. Uh-huh. But they, I'm, like, walking out there, and I'm thinking, these kids are in eighth grade, and they're taller than me. And I'm considered a big dude. Yeah. I'm 6'4". You're, six You're four. the same thing you are. No, I'm not 6'4". I'm well, nowhere near it. We're, we're, we're tall fellas. Yeah. Six foot five in the eighth wow. grade. What do you think that kid's going to be? What do you think these kids are going to be when they're in high school? Tall. With seven foot? They're going to be very tall. Well, seven foot two? Some, sometimes the kids stop growing. You know, now boys tend to keep growing and girls tend to quit growing at some point. When did you start to grow? Because I didn't, like, start to grow till like, my junior, senior pretty, year. I, was, I mean, you know, gosh, it's been so long ago. Uh, <laughs> well, you seem to remember everything else. <laughs> <laughs> uh, now, see, I was a pipsqueak no, until I was, I was. I was always pretty tall. When I, I got my license, I was five foot eight when I was sixteen years old. Oof. I'm I'm six three plus. I'm not quite six four. But I mean, that's how much I grew from you know, after I was sixteen years old. I'm just looking at these kids and I, I, I just could not believe it. I also could not believe the amount of people who were at these games. And and John, when I tell you it wasn't just the basketball team, they had a cheerleading team. They did. Each team had cheerleaders. Great. 10, 12 girls that were out there cheerleading, and they oh. do the real stuff where you throw up in the air. Oh, wow. And they catch them. In the and eighth they, grade. They're yes. throwing them in the air. There was one little girl. She did whatever those things are where you're hand, feet, hand, feet, and, and you, you do like car, cartwheels, or, you know, That's but a, they were like yeah, flips. Yeah, yeah. Back, back handsprings. Back handspring. That's what I was thinking of. Going Thank the you, whole Ethan. doggone. Uh, Length of the court, holding up over their heads, doing stuff. Oh, I don't impressive. remember. I it made me feel like an inadequate as a as a youngster because I could. First of all, six foot five. I'm still not that. <laughs> These well, kids are got it in eighth grade. You know, grade. wouldn't that be a little tough though to be that tall in the eighth grade? Well, when everybody else is that tall, I mean, look, they these were tall kids, and it was well, it's a basketball team. I understand, but I watched. So we got there early, mm-hmm. you know, because they were in the championship game. So we watched the third and fourth did they, place. Did game. your friend's uh, yes. nephew win? Yeah, they won. He, he won, and it was a big deal. You know, they they, they even had like play by play announcer. How tall, how tall was he, the nephew? That's what I'm saying. Six foot five. He was one of them. Yeah, he's oh. six foot five. Well, that just adds much, that much more to it. That's Wait. just it was insane. I could not believe it. It and it just. The world has changed, brother. Well, it has. It has. So, it, we didn't have kids that tall when I was no. younger. So we're about to wrap up here. Are we so not? we should remind people yeah. that on Friday mornings, you and I come in and take over KMOX from 8.30 in the morning, and we stick around till 11 o'clock. We do. We do it with the show. We do. Then we come back and join Dave Glover at 3 o'clock we on do. Friday afternoons. It's a long day. Uh, and then Sunday mornings, of course, you can wake up, turn on Channel 2 in St. Louis at 8.30 in the morning. And watch Hancock and Kelly, the television show. Well, that's right. We talk about the news of the day, a little politics, a little news of the day, cover national news, international news, local news on that show on Fox 2. And this is KMOX, the station that invented talk radio. I want to thank Ethan for doing a splendid job behind the board there, producing the show. As always, I want to thank Sean Michael Lyle for his very valuable contribution to our programming. It's unbelievable. John Hancock Jr. was with us as well, our sports insider. And each and every one of you, all 12 of you, thank you for listening here <laughs> at the Voice of St. Louis, Game X.